Welcome, and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's our guest speaker delivering this week's sermon. Uh, I've known Pastor Joe for the past three years, and every time I, I meet with him, I'm always impressed by the way he, he acts, his humble spirit, uh, and the love for, for you guys. He, he loves you. And uh, being a pastor is not an easy thing. I don't know how many of you know that. But uh, uh, I know that he, ha- he has felt the calling, and, and this is why he's here. So it is a blessing to know your pastor and to get to know you and, and, and see what the Lord is doing. Twelve years is a big deal. Uh, I get to work with a lot of churches in Nevada, and uh, the, the mark is two years. If you made it, you pass those two years, you're, you're, you're good to go. But 12 years is a big deal. So uh, you guys got to feel good about what you're celebrating and, and uh, continue to support your pastor. Pastor Joe, is, his desire is to see uh, this area uh, gain for, you know, be able to, to receive Christ and to see what the Lord is doing here. It's, it's a great thing. You guys are, this is good. This is really good. And plus, the, the, the bennies of being in a church with a lot of Filipinos is the food. Let's, come on, people. Let's not, let's not uh, mess around with that. Pastor, Pastor Doug is in the back, his wife as well. Um, he had invited me a while back to be with, with the church, and I wasn't able to make it. But I'm glad that I'm, I'm able to be with all of you here. It is an honor. It is a privilege. And this uh, afternoon, I have... Uh, something that the Lord has placed. I, I was thinking, what, what can I share with the church that, has, that is celebrating 12 years of life? Uh, you obviously haven't arrived. There's still a lot of work to be done. And uh, I believe, I'm one of those weird pastors that believes that Jesus Christ could come tonight. Uh, how, many, how many of you are with me? And so we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be uh, vigilant. And this is what we're going to talk about here tonight. So if you have your, your bulletins, I'm going to ask you to, to take notes. I'm going to give you a ton of scripture. And, and I believe that um, the sole purpose of the message is to encourage all of you to keep going, to keep trusting the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. How many of you know that Reno was known as Sin City? Okay. That was the title we had years ago, Sin City. Back in the 30s, and, and so Reno was the only city in the Union where you could come and get a legal divorce after you lived here for six weeks. Well, thank God that Vegas now has that title. We don't have it anymore. We don't, we don't want it. And uh, there is a lot of work to be, to be done in Reno. And I tell you what, the DNA in Reno is changing very quickly. You know why? Because of people like you, people that are willing to stand for Christ stand for truth, to stand for what really, really matters, which is eternal life. Amen? I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and, uh, and then we'll get into the message right away. Father, what an honor you're giving me tonight to be in front of my brothers and sisters, uh, to be able to share this word that is going to encourage the church to keep going, to keep trusting you, to keep believing in you. Just like this young man sang, sang this song, in the midst of affliction, and in the midst of uh, going through uh, something very hard. You are hope. You are our strength. In you, we hope 
and in you, Father, we trust. So I pray, Father Lord, that you will open our ears this afternoon, open our hearts, help us to receive your word, help us to attain, Father, what you have for all of us. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this 12 years of faithfulness. Without you, we are nothing. We are nothing. And I know that Pastor Joe and the rest of the church understands that. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to sustain this church, give strength, give wisdom, and, Father, so that we can continue to change the DNA in the city of Reno. We love you. We thank you. We praise you, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, people said, Amen. So it's contemplating what, what, what do I say to a church that is celebrating 12 years? Uh, what I was impressed is to speak about standing, standing and standing firm. A while back, I shared with a bunch of people the same message because I think that we are at a place in our lives in this country where we need to stand. It's very difficult nowadays to stand for what you believe without offending people. And we're going to talk about that today. And so I'm going to ask you to, you know what? I'm going to give you the scriptures, so just take notes. Um, okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. So when I read the scripture, the first thing that, 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 that caught my, my eye was, besides the, the word stand, was the phrase act like men. And I want to talk about that for a minute. It says, act like men. What does Paul mean when he says this? Well, in the Greek, what he's trying to say is this. And I think that we need to apply this to our lives today. First, he says, be brave. Have wisdom and understanding. Believe not every spirit. Matthew 24 talks about that in the last days, many will be deceived. So it is very important for us not to believe every spirit. Paul says, don't be carried out by the winds of false doctrine. Search the scriptures. Abide in the truth. Be proficient in instructing and establishing yourself and others. So in other words, Paul is saying, stand fast. Keep your ground and contend earnestly for the faith. In other words, he's saying, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Stand, 1 Corinthians 16. Listen to, to the definition. The definition is this. Resist to stand against the enemy. The Greek word for this word stand is the word steiko, which means uh, it is a military term for holding on to a position that is under attack. Listen to this. It implies the courage to hold your ground because of your commitment to Christ. Even when others may be fleeing from the combat because the enemy seems so strong. There's times when we want to get out of this situation because things are getting too uncomfortable because we're standing for Christ. The word stand doesn't just mean to pick a place and stand there. It means to confront the enemy. So Paul, when Paul is saying, stand, be alert in the faith, act like men, be strong, he's saying you need to confront the enemy. You have to confront the enemy. There's no such a thing as being passive about our faith. 
Let me give you an example. In, in 1989, nearly a million Chinese, mostly young students, packed central Beijing to call for the resignation of the Chinese uh, communi uh, com Communist Party leaders. Uh, Chinese troops went all over the place right there in uh, central Beijing, and they started shooting at many people. Many thousands of people died, and, and about 10,000 people were arrested. It was, it was a mess. And in the midst of all that, something happens. And I'm sure you're familiar with the picture. This picture went around the world in 1989. It's known as the Tank Man or the Kenneman Square Man. Somebody that said, you know, I had enough. I had enough of this. I've seen all my countrymen die. We are having conflict in our country. Things are not stable. I'm going to stand. And that man stood in front of those tanks that were there to shoot people, to destroy people. So that's what it means. It means that we're going to stand in the midst of opposition. We're going to stand in the midst of things not going our way. And sometimes it means that we're going to stand because we're standing for Christ. Amen? Let me look at the, our main text. The main text that we are going to see this afternoon is Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10. It says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent, for I am with you. Say with me, for I am with you. Okay, I think that we need to put a little more, more coffee outside so that Repeat with me, for I am with you. And no one will ever attack and harm you. For many people in this city belong to me. So God speaking to Paul, it seems like Paul was in danger uh, because he was baptizing many people in the city. Uh, Jews and Gentiles were angry with him. And something was going on that Paul felt like he needed to perhaps move out of the city. He needed to get out of there. He needed to, you know, his safety, he was in danger. And so he said, you know what? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of here. I'm leaving the city. And so then God intervenes and God says, you know, Paul, I need for you to do the opposite. I need for you to stay. How many of, how many of you want to quit sometimes when things get really, really difficult? Let me tell you, there's times, especially in ministry, when we want to give up. That we had enough. This is it. I'm done. I own a restaurant. I don't need this. You know, things are getting tense. Things are getting difficult. And we say, you know what? This is it. And Paul was in the middle of that. Not only the Gentiles were against him, but his own people were against him. So God says to him, hey, Paul, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. I am with you. No one will attack and harm you. Many people in this city belong. To me. That's what, Paul, that's what Paul heard from God. Scripture tells us some, some people were against Paul. And it looks like preaching and baptizing and, and even teaching the scripture back in those days were, was something that it wasn't good for you. So Paul wanted to get out of the city. Sometimes we're going to experience difficult times in life as we try to walk by faith. And it seems like that is... Uh, the common denominator nowadays, we're seeing that we're being 
uh, attacked because of our faith. And let me tell you this, and I don't mean to be negative, but we're going to see more and more and more of that. Therefore, it is important for us to know that we have to stand. And not only know that we have to stand, we need to know how to stand. So verse 12 says, Some Jews rose up together against Paul and brought him before the governor for judgment. His own people were doing things against him. His own people were doing things against him. Sometimes I see more people hurt in the church than by the enemy himself. I know that within the Filipino church, that that doesn't happen. It's only within the Hispanics. It's only Hispanics that we shoot one another. But sometimes we, we see that. We see that in the church. We see that among brothers and sisters. We, we, we are wound, we're shooting each other instead of helping one another. And that shouldn't be the case. We need to know who the enemy is. The enemy knows that, you know, if, we, if we're confused, we're going to shoot one another. That is not what we need to be doing. So isn't that, though, what we're seeing in churches today? Well, we are hurting one another. So we have to be aware of that. And in, in, in Timothy, in chapter two, uh, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, Paul takes an empty canvas and begins to paint uh, a, what, we, what you and I are going to see nowadays. This is what we're going to see. And it's a little scary, but it's important for us to be aware of it if we're not. It says, Paul says, in the last days, you will see these kinds of people. Okay? It says, Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful people, proud people, abusive people, disobedient people, ungrateful people, people that will consider nothing sacred. And this is just talking about the, us, brothers and sisters. It's not talking about the world. It's talking about the church. So this is why it's so important for us to know that we have to stand. Lovers of themselves. It seems like today, that's all we see. Lovers of money, boastful people, proud people, abusive. Isn't it? We're seeing that. You turn, uh, you put Facebook or any sort of social media on now, and, and we're attacking one another because we have a different opinion about different things. And we can easily get caught up in that, and we can become a part of that situation when God calls us to love one another. And God not only calls us to love one another, but he also calls us to love our enemy. So he has set the bar high. So we have to be careful. And this is something that we need to pay attention. And the other group of people that we are going to see in our time is described in Matthew 24, 10. It says again, in the last days, Jesus told his disciples, and many will turn away from me. And betray and hate each other. It says, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. When the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, could you please tell us what we're going to see in the last days? Jesus, the first thing that Jesus said. And he could have said all kinds of things. And as you read the rest of Matthew 24, you're able to see that Jesus says a lot of things. But the first thing that he says is, be careful because in the last days, many will be deceived. Many will be deceived. 
And then the scripture goes on to say that uh, there will be false prophets, that uh, uh, the, the love of many will grow cold. And so it's talking about us. It's, again, it's not talking about the world. It's talking about us. So I, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't know, Pastor Joe, I don't know if you want to be a part of those. The Pastor Joe, his love grew cold. I don't want to read that about Pastor Joe. That word, turn away, in the word in the Greek, describes somebody, some, somebody that doesn't trust God or is easily offended. And isn't it, isn't it, I don't think it's unfair to say that people are easily offended nowadays. We're in the middle. I've never seen that before. Years ago, that, that didn't happen. Where if you had a different opinion about something, you know, I wasn't offended. It's just your, your opinion. And I respect that. And I'm okay with it. But nowadays, there's, a, there's such a, just people are very sensitive. It's almost like we need to start a conversation. Listen, I don't mean to offend you, but. I don't mean to offend you, but I need to tell you the truth. So this is what we're seeing nowadays. In Matthew 13, 57, we're told that people were deeply offended and refused to believe in Jesus. They were deeply offended. So this is something that happened back in the days, and we're repeating this. The same, the same thing is going on today. The same thing that was going on back in those days is going on today. So we're part of that. And in verse 21 of the same chapter, we were able to read the why. It says, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's word. And so what's important here is the fact that we have to have deep roots. And where are our roots in the word of God? Because the Word of God, the Scripture says that the, the Word of God will never change, that heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain true forever and ever and ever. And so we're seeing that, that people don't have deep roots, and they get offended for whatever, whatever, whatever situation that comes their, their way. And they leave the church, and they leave the faith, and they go and do their own thing. I recently heard somebody describe our society this way. People are running away from heaven as if it was hell and are running towards hell as if it was heaven. So Matthew 24 tells us that many will turn away from him. It says they will betray and hate each other. Many will be deceived. Sin will multiply everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. I don't want to be a part of that group. I want to be a part of a church that is strong. I want to be a part of the people that are standing firm for what God is calling us to do. There's still a lot of work to be done in this area. The other day, I, in this December of last year, I did a, a study, and I came up with the, the conclusion that we need to plant at least 16 churches in the Reno Sparks area area. We're, we're in need of more churches. We're in need of more of this. We're in need of more God, of more God's people. We need more of his word. We need more of him because he is the one that is, is that transforms our lives. 
He's the one that changes us. He's the one that is able to uh, take us to places that we've never been before, places where we're able to see his glory, places where we're able to see his truth. So verse 13 gives us a greater insight regarding the issue. Before I do that, I'm going to read Jeremiah 2. Jeremiah 2, chapter 11 and 13 says this. Has any nation ever traded its gods, lowercase g, for new ones? Even though they're not gods at all. Listen to this. Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they're not gods at all? Yet my people, there we go again. It's talking about us. Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God, capital, capital G, for worthless idols. I don't know how many, I've, I've, I've been pastoring full-time in Reno for the past 14 years, and I've seen how people um, put priorities before what really needs to be our number one priority, which is Christ. I've seen families leave the church because somebody said something, and, 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 and you know what, I, I had enough of that, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm offended, part of that group again, I'm deeply offended because of what my brother said. And, and you know what, if we have more than two people in a room, we're always going to have differences. But some people take it very, very personal, and they use that to leave the church, to leave the congregation. And then you run into them at Walmart or whatever, and hey, everything is great, everything is great, nothing has to happen. But then where is their walk with the Lord? So the scripture says that my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Verse 13 gives us a greater insight regarding this issue. It says, it says for my people have done two evil things. Two evil things. First, they have abandoned me. The word abandoned in the Hebrew is the word asab. This word is used to describe people renouncing their faith in God. It is talking about those that at one point in their life had faith in God, but now they're renouncing their faith. See the importance of standing? And if renouncing their faith wasn't enough, the text tells us a second critical condition. It says they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. That they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. We sometimes, this is why Jesus told the disciples, be careful because in the last days, many will be deceived. And we see that sometimes we put priorities where we shouldn't have those priorities. Our number one priority should be Christ and Christ alone, period. No other thing matters because it is our faith in Christ that is eternal. That is not going to stop. But these, these other gods will stop. They're temporary. They're things that are going to go away. In other words, the believer is trading the eternal for things that have no eternal significance. They are negotiating the things of God. In other words, people are running away from heaven as if it was hell, and they're running towards hell as if it was heaven. Have you seen that? I've seen it. I've seen churches that are professing to love Christ, and they're teaching false things, and they're pat. I'm going, what's going on here? They're pat. Hence the fact that Jesus said, in the last days, many will be deceived. Many will be deceived. So we have to be careful. 
And you and I are smack in the middle of this mess. So I think it is only appropriate to repeat the words God spoke to his servant in the first century and remind them to you, servants of the 21st century. Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. God is with you. God is with you. So I can't guarantee that that, that nothing is going to happen to you in the midst of you walking with the Lord and walking your faith. But you know what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Speak out. That word speak out, I love it the way the King James Version puts it. It says, then the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. And he said, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy The time will come when God is going to call you to disturb the peace. I said it. I said it. You're going to have to disturb the peace. The world is crazy right now, isn't it? Sin is infiltrating our school system, our, our, even our churches, our homes. And if we don't stand for what is right, we're going to see our city lost. What ha- we have been able to gain, Reno losing that title of Sin City. It's perhaps something that we're going to receive again. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. So just like God told Paul, many people in this city belong to me. Many people in Reno belong to God. Many people in Reno belong to God. This is why I think we need more churches. Because one church is not able to do all of it that we have to do. The city is growing, isn't it? It's growing. Quickly, And for those of you that, that own your home, this is great, great news because your home is going up in value. But at the same time, we're seeing more people, more people, more people. But there's something that needs to be done because many of those people are not, they don't have Christ. They don't have what we have. So somebody needs to stand. Somebody needs to stand in the gap. Somebody needs to profess Christ. Somebody needs to tell the truth. Somebody needs to say, you know what? Jesus died for you at the cross 2,000 years ago. So it is important for us to be mindful of that and to stand. And just like God told Paul, many people in the city belong to me. Many people in the city belong to me. And so, church, you're not alone. We're not alone in this. Christ is with us. I think that one of the things that we have the tendency to do is to remember the word Emmanuel, the name of Christ, Emmanuel, only during Christmas. But the reality is that we should remember that name throughout the year because God is with us. God is with us. Even as we go through through difficult times in life, I think God is there even more. And so we have to remember that. So scripture says, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. You know, I was, um, I was taken aback when I read that sentence, act like men. But you know what? That sentence is not an issue of gender. It is an issue of action. To act like men. To be strong. To be tenacious. To persevere. To persist. Not to move unless God says for us to move. We have to remember that. And lastly, 
link arms with one another. I remember years and years ago, I moved to the States 30-something years ago. And this perhaps is not applicable to the Filipino or any other community. But within the Hispanics, it really hit me like a brick. I was getting a haircut by a Mexican person. I've never seen a Mexican, except for in the movies, uh, Cantinflas was my number one hero. And this guy's cutting my hair, and, and he was saying, you know what? Here, in, at that time, I lived in San Jose, in the middle of the, of the Bay Area. And, and he was saying, you know, um, Anglo folks, they get along with just about everybody. Uh, black people, the same thing. Uh, Asians, the same thing. But we Hispanics, remember this guy was a, 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 a Mexican hairdresser. He's cutting my hair. He says, we Hispanic have the tendency to fight against each other. I know the Filipino community doesn't have that problem. But sometimes we see that, regardless of, of, of where you come from, regardless of your nationality, regardless of, of, of anything, sometimes we fight against each other. And that is precisely what the enemy wants to do. He wants us to fight among each other so that we are not moving forward, so that we are not standing firm and acting like men. So it's important that we know that. The command that God gives us is to not only stand firm, but it is to stand together as one. Stand together as one. And the reality is this, that we are not able to have this union among ourselves because the cost is too high. And this is why Jesus prayed, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. That is the reality of what we need to be doing right now. I pray that, the, that, that they will be one. Jesus, in his ascension to the Father, says, My prayer for those that remain here on earth is that they will be one. They will be one just like you and I, Father, are one. Sometimes we think, how can we convince the world that Jesus came and died for us and then went to be with the Father. The best way to do that is to be one, is to be one, so that we can show the world that Jesus in reality came, died at the cross, resurrected, and he's now at the right hand of the Father interceding for all of us. We have to be one. So how we're we going to stand another 12 years so that we can say, you know what? We're celebrating 24 years. If the Lord tarries, we're going to celebrate another 20. We're going to celebrate 25, 24 years. How do we do that? By standing together as one. There's no other option. And so the reality is that sometimes we're not doing that as Christ followers. We see other groups that are less than us. This country says that. 70, 75% of, of the people in this country say that they're Christ followers. And sometimes we don't see that to be a reality because we're seeing a lot of things going on and they're going the opposite direction of the way they should go. But we have small groups in this country where they're standing together and making things happen. We have to do that and even better. I'll end with this. Listen to this quote. This Irish quote it says, what distinguishes us, the church, from the world? 
It is not that we are less wicked, but that by the grace of God, we have learned to see our weaknesses for what it is and to confess our sins. That's the reality of our church. This is the reality of a believer. This is what a Christ follower should do. We're able to confess our sins. The church is the only entity on earth that confesses sin. When the confession of sin dies out, then the church begins to die. This is why scripture says, confess your sins to one another. Today, more than ever, we need to stand. But in order to do that, we need to make sure that there is no and confess sin in our lives. Sometimes we don't grow. Sometimes we're not able to move forward because we have sin in our lives that has been there for years. And we, we say, why is it that we're not moving forward? Why is it that we're not progressing? Why is it that God is not blessing what we're doing? Is there sin in your life? Have we offended God? Have we offended our brothers, our spouse, our family? We need to make that right, and it cannot wait. As I left the church just a few minutes ago, somebody said, Pastor Leo, you know what? We have a situation, and the situation is that somebody said something to somebody, and that person left the church. Physically, they left the church. You know what I said to them? I, I got to go. I got to go, brothers. And so you guys going to have to take care of this without me. When we are offended, when we offend one another, and we let those things just sit there, and we don't deal with that, you know what we're doing? We're letting the enemy come into that situation and do whatever he wants to do with it. And boy, he's an expert at it. That's, his, that's, that's what he does best, is to dwell in situations that are not, we're not fixing. So God calls us to move forward and to fix those things, to deal with them, and to deal with them right away. Huh? He does that with uh, husband and wife. Don't let the sun sit, set and you be with, with your anger. You're not dealing with the situation. You're not resolving the issue. So we just go to bed and says, whatever. You know what? Whatever. It's his fault because we're experts at blaming others. You know what? We have to deal with things, and we have to deal with them right away. This is awesome that you guys are celebrating 12 years of existence. And and, and, and being able to say, you know what, God is moving in the midst. I mean, I was just talking to Pastor Joe and the things that you guys have done here with Pastor, Pastor Doug and Pastor Joe, how you guys are changing things around. And, and this thing looks bigger. You guys did something. I don't know. You need to tell me what you're doing because this looks bigger. It looks nicer. It looks beautiful. And, and this place is packed. This is great. This, this is what needs to happen. But church, what needs to happen is we need to resolve situations in order to be able to celebrate another 12 years from now. We need to resolve issues. If we have offended God, if we have offended one another, if we have offended our family member, if we have offended our, our spouse, we need to deal with that in order to move forward and so that we can honor God. Because those, those are the things that honor God. 
when we deal with conflict, okay? And in order for us to be able to stand and stand firm, we need to do that. We have to do that. And the beauty of it is that you're in the center, you're in the middle of, 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 of a, an entity that deals with that the best to be able to confess our sins and to be able to say, God, forgive me, I messed up. And not only to God, but to those that we have offended. So today, as I close, and I'm, as you can tell, I'm not one of those preachers that speak for three hours. That's okay. I want to I I have that challenge. I want to put that challenge in your heart, in your mind. Is there anything that you need to deal with? Is there anything lingering? Is there anything pending? Is there any unconfessed sin that you have that you need to deal and give to God? Today, today, so we're not giving the enemy another minute of victory. Is there anything that you need to confess? So I'm going to ask you to bow your head, to close your eyes. For the next minute or so, I want to ask you. This is between you and God and you and God alone. Is there anything in there in your life that you need to confess? Do you need to confess an offense towards God? Is there anything? Is there an offense towards your brother? Perhaps somebody has offended Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe is still here. He's not going anywhere because he's a mature believer. But have you as a church done something to offend somebody? Have you as an individual done something to offend a family member? your spouse, your children. In order for us to stand and to stand the right way and to act like men, we have to deal with this. So that's you. That is you. And you need to say, God, you know what? I messed up. I have offended you. I have betrayed you. I have done things that I shouldn't be doing. I need for you to forgive me. That is you. Simp- just, just raise your hand. Let it and then put it down. That is you. If, if, if that is you, and I'll pray for you. Yes, Pastor. I want. I want. I, that's been me. I have some things that I haven't dealt with, and I need for you. I need for God to, to forgive me, to move forward. I want to be able to stand. Amen. Anyone else? And confess sin. Amen. Anyone else? This is between you and God. This is between you and God. Any anyone else? You maybe you offended a family member. Maybe you offended somebody here at the church, and because of that, they're not coming to church anymore. Father, you you were able to see. You're able to see our hearts. You're able to see what we're thinking, what we're doing. You're able to see that you know there's some things in our life that are not what they need to be. So I pray, I pray for those that lifted their hands that you will. Let them know that they are forgiven. I pray, Father Lord, that they will know that you love them, that you care for them. And I pray, Father Lord, that if that offense was towards a brother and a sister, especially here at the church, that they will have the the courage to be able to go to them and say, I'm sorry. That being said, is there anyone here that needs the strength, the strength to stand? Is there anyone here that says, Pastor, I need the strength? You know what? I'm tired. I'm weary. I don't want to go on anymore. 
I need strength from God to be able to stand. If there's anyone here, I want to pray for you. Simply raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Father, you also saw those hands that went up. Sometimes we're weary, we're tired. We feel like giving up. We feel like it's not worth it anymore. I pray, Father, for your strength. I pray for your strength. I pray, Father, Lord, that you will manifest yourself, Lord, with those that raise your hand and that you will give them a supernatural amount of strength that comes from you and you alone. I pray, Father, Lord, that you will guide their steps towards you. And I pray, Father, that they will be able to remember that you are not only with them, that you are for them. Father, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. And Father, I pray for the church. I pray that you will continue to bless them, guide their steps. I pray for your strength for Pastor Joe, Lord, to, to guide your congregation, that this place will be a place known uh, for the fire of the Holy Spirit and that you will do great, greater and mightier things that you have done until now. You will move your church to do some great things. Father, we give you praise and I worship you. Listen to me for a minute while I conclude. You can look at me. There's a passage uh, of scripture that describes a situation that took place when the walls of Jerusalem were down. And if you know the story, Nehemiah went to the king and said, I need for you to excuse me. And that excuse was permission for at least two years to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That was a big deal because Nehemiah was second in command. And, and the king, the king said, you know, you can go. So Nehemiah went to Jerusalem and, 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 and began the task of rebuilding the walls. And that was very significant because the, wall, the walls signify security for the city. And the walls were down. And according to scripture, there were two other attempts to rebuild the walls that failed. But Nehemiah went in there, and within 52 days, he was able to finish the wall. You know why? Because he was doing the work of God. There's a portion of scripture that describes his prayer. And his prayer was, Father, I pray that you will bless the work of my hands. Bless the work of my hands. In other words, there's other translations of the Bible that say, that says, that says, Father, I pray that you will give me the strength to finish what you have sent me to do. There's a lot of work that you guys need to do. But you know what? You have not only the privilege, but also the right to pray that prayer. Father, I pray that you will bless the work of my hands. You know why? Because you have been sent to this place to do the work of God. So keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Keep trusting the Lord. Just like that young man that has lost his, his mother is able to sing just a few days after the event and stand firm and say, you know what? I'm going to keep trusting you because you have a better plan, God. You have a better plan for my life. And I may not understand. Sometimes I may not even agree of what, how you're doing things. But you know what? I, I choose to trust you. I choose to stand firm in my conviction of knowing you, of serving you, loving you, because I know that you are me. And if you are for me, who can be against me? So bless your church. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep supporting your pastor. Pastor, Pastor Joe not only has good looks, 
He has a good heart. He paid me to say that, by the way. <laughs> but he has, he has a heart for, for, for you, for all of you. And, and I remember meeting him three years ago, and, and, and he, his desire to be able to see the church flourish is, is obvious, is evident. So support your pastor, support your family, support the work that God is doing in, in this church because this is, this is something that has eternal consequences and it matters. It matters. What you do matters. So keep on keeping on. Keep trusting the Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. That was the end of today's message. If you want to support our mission of reaching many others through this podcast, help us grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com forward slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.